Hello and welcome to the K-Bone Podcast. Double Boom Pow. I'm your host, Kai Has Opinions, pissing people off every single day. Before I start, um, I was checking on my episodes and <laughs> while, I, while I was a holiday, just to see, just to have a look, and I actually realized that my, my favorite episode, episode four, the one on Insecure, where I went all in and I went ham with a side of toast, decided <laughs> to magically copy itself over with Marvel. So what do I do? I check Marvel and I think, oh, okay, maybe, maybe they're swapped. Maybe episode four has been changed to episode six of Marvel. Or is it six or seven? Six, I think, right? And that maybe Marvel has been swapped with episode four. Are they? No. <laughs> no, they are not. Episode four was completely erased. And it honestly was my longest episode. So I'm quite sad because the topic was quite intriguing and incredibly interesting for me. Hence, I talked about it, but also I talked about it that much. So episode four is completely erased and copied over by Marvel. How? (laughs) How, I ask myself? Wow, you can hear my headboard. (laughs) Dung, dung, dung. But you know, How? I don't know. I haven't I haven't the faintest idea, but it's gone. And my current mood is nope. Mm-mm, I'm not recording it again. <laughs> I remember when I was recording it, there were trucks going by. There was a freaking the 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 weird truck that then puts water on the road and then shines the freaking road decided to come by and then stop directly across from my apartment and just was making the worst noise and there was an ambulance. The amount of times I had to re-record segments that were 15 minutes a pop was unfucking necessary <laughs> So, my current mood is no. I am not re-recording, okay? However, I still have my notes on it, so maybe I'm going to be in the mood next week. Could possibly be. Don't know. Maybe. <laughs> It was a great episode, and I and I enjoyed recording it quite a lot. That one and the Marvel one, but I, I did enjoy um, recording that episode and just talking about the friendship dynamic between Molly and Issa, and I'm obviously on the other side of the spectrum where I wasn't on Issa's side. <clears throat> so anti-public opinion. <laughs> but it was a great episode. Controversial as fuck, the way that I like it, so... We'll see, but I I still can't believe it. Honestly, I think I just needed to be more careful in the publishing and how things can easily cross over or segments can be published under a different episode. Um, So, yeah, as as a new podcaster, I'm learning things that you really have to double check and just be extra careful because sometimes shit will happen magically that makes no fucking sense especially since it's the only episode that it happened to and it freaking copied over on an episode that's three episodes later or two episodes it, it it's random it makes no sense so yeah maybe next week you'll next week i'll be in the mood to re-record uh 
um, my understanding of why Molly was on some fuck that shit. I I really did want to keep it light today and I would have talked about the need to travel or the need to have travel escort classes because it just came back from a, a trip it was national holiday national it was a national week here in China as well as Middle Autumn Festival and so we had technically they give you a week but with uh, my company we were able to get at least 10 some days so it was quite nice anyway I actually originally was planning on talking about travel etiquette classes and the way they fucking need to go because wow. I think it's especially necessary for, um, how do I say this politically correct? I don't think there's a way to say it. Um, Asians and assholes pretty much need to go to these classes, especially, um, ignorant, unseasoned ones who... Don't wear headphones on public transportation. Train rides that are fucking three, four hours out here on that ding ding thing that changes every five seconds with loud fucking noises. Parents being shitty parents with their kids on an iPad in a restaurant on loud listening to Wang Wang Ju Paw Patrol. Like, motherfucker! And the screen is exactly two fingers away from their eyeballs. No wonder by the time they're freaking three, they have goggles on. Like, you know, I think it's, and that's also maybe another podcast conversation to talk about, you know, maybe our generation or my, when I say my generation, I don't mean my generation as in people who've already had kids. I mean, those of us who are still going to have them in that we're, I think, I think we may be a group of people who are going to be more more intentional about parenting and being a parent and the type of parent that we want to be in I think we are going to be much more intentional about the character and the the, the way in which we want a kid um, to have access to things and so also to value things and to view things as well. I think there's going to be a lot more intentional parenting rather than just I want to spoil my kid or give them everything or here, take this, get away from me, here, let me distract you. I think I'm not saying it's an easy job, I'm not saying that um, there isn't a method to your madness. I just think that at times the overdoing of it is extremely lazy of you and um another controversial topic i think that yeah i just think we'll be more intentional with how we want our kids to be in this world and not become slaves to technology the way you a lot of people are and have become and are just lazy with an iPad putting it in front of a kid um, in order to not have to deal with them and teaching them a lot of bad habits for example screaming tantrums and stuff that they do for you at home then the rest of us as the public are subjected to that when we're on a plane with you or 
where on the train or on the metro and it's just it's you know it's one thing that you have your badass kid with you it's at home and you have to deal with it's another thing when you're subjecting it to other people who didn't birth the child and then are having to have a kid kick my seat repeatedly and scream and tantrum and you do nothing you just you're trying to block out your kid and I'm having to experience your kid because you don't believe in boundaries or saying no or having your kid understand that there are other humans around them that are not the subject of them uh of 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 their um what do you how can I say your kid is not our god the way you make your kid your god or your slave and uh now we have to deal with it and uh you know growing up I was never the one to I was always just like okay that's your kid you discipline it fine but y'all are wearing my patience absolutely fucking thin where on this trip I reprimanded a bunch of kids because y'all want to say it's terrible twos or this that and the other or it's just the face if I can have 20 of my two-year-olds and my two-and-a-half-year-olds be decent fucking human beings they're still kids they still do kid stuff they still do two-year-old stuff they still, all that stuff but they're decent fucking human beings and they're not even my fucking kids then i absolutely think you can do so much more so much fucking more because it came out of your vagina or it was mixed with your sperm that is your fucking kid you should care about them on a level that you want them to be a decent fucking human being and be able to to navigate and intentionally think about how you want that to look like in your parenting in your practices um and don't do that that old school bullshit of do what i say not what i do now be proactive in your in your parenting fucking go to positive discipline classes uh, provide your kid with choices instead of just deciding like there's so much that you can do and if i don't even have kids but i'm able to do that with the kids that i have that are younger than a lot of some of the kids that you guys have that are absolutely fucking rotten that i have to deal with on a train on a plane in public areas in um freaking touristic sites no motherfucker you need to be a parent stop having kids for accessories because they're pretty because the next step of the relationship or you're married now stop fucking doing that because your kids are not going to meet five years ago me they are now going to meet me right now and good luck to you because i'm not only gonna correct your kid with kindness and with the ways that i know how because it's easy you can learn you can i mean i've I've got enough certificates in these things to be able to you know child psychology and shit like that but like no you can love your kid that is a form of loving your kid wow i went whole left shit that was seven minutes let me shut the fuck up anyway right back to my freaking point uh what was my point ah right um so this is going to be an extra seven minute long episode because i went on a rant that i did not need to go to i like i said i wanted to keep it super light today and i want to talk about travel escort classes because i almost killed a bunch of people um but tonight this was more on my spirit so 
Where's my heart? The real life segment that we're going to be talking about today, or that I'm going to be talking about today, is Brianna Taylor. And let me start off by saying that I'm not American, but it does sting. Um, as an African, it, it stings. I am a woman, and as a woman, it stings. I'm a woman of color, and as a woman of color, it stings. Though I am considered black in the world and outside of my country, at least when I initially left South Africa to walk abroad many years ago, and to, to some extent, yes. Um, but as black in this world, it hurts. And though I come from black, the closer I mean, I recognize that I am not black specifically, and I'm colored, and I'm very proud to be colored. And there's a colored my closer origins it hurts me and it stings but um, most vividly as a as a human this has been one of I don't want to cry I'm not going to cry fuck <laughs> wow Uh, as a human this has been one of the most numbing and torturous things to experience and I would never have expected it on this level and it's just a torturous thing to experience and I, I, I am and I did not experience it and I wouldn't I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy nor anyone for that matter and her Brianna's brutal undeserving death no 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 not death murder murder by all all those white officers it it hurt I wish there was a uh, I wish there was a a worse hurt a worse word than this it, was, it hurts my heart to the core as a as a human being this is incredibly this this is an incredibly painfully violent wound by whiteness and to have the that cameron coon bow down to massa with fake reports and lying jurors with hidden body cameras that are resurfacing that they said they didn't have and judges overturning guilty verdicts and one officer being charged when each one of them murdered her a hogwash off of a a hogwash warrant evidence that she wasn't even involved like we said from the beginning in it wasn't involved in her very long 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 ago ex's drug shit it's it's beyond heartbreaking i don't know how it is for other people but I cannot help but see me in her. Metaphorically, as my life is as disposable and undeserving of justice as hers. When I, and that's what I mean when I say it hurts. It stings. Because I don't know about the rest of you, but it really feels as though... black woman and even woman of color my life and my death is as disposable and undeserving of justice as hers 
and that's okay in this world that's a norm you know that that this white world we have no choice but to live in you know is is regressing at a rate that's so fucking fast it makes getting out of bed in the morning almost impossible because fuck me we still have to deal with capitalism every single fucking day and redhead skin uh, you know white managers who are younger unqualified and experienced getting paid to know nothing and delegating tasks to the rest of us and to live in a country that hates any melanated skin unless they individualize you as their token colored or their token black too you know to have to swallow that shit day in and day out didn't didn't i mean it was hard don't get me wrong it, it, it's hard daily especially when you have you know clinical depression it's hard daily but like it it didn't seem it didn't seem i'm gonna put it and use that 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 phrase it didn't seem this hard pre-covid maybe maybe we become immune maybe you know but watching every day on on the internet on youtube on ig on tumblr pretty much every single social media just watching black and brown people be slaughtered the world over hated the world over slaughtered you know in america um by white supremacy and rampant danger and racism in south africa by the saps warped by this white man power hungry mentality you know in the rest of africa by the hatred of anything different or you know the chinese whose greed is like locusts consuming and destroying everything in sight you know again in south africa with white farmers putting black boys in coffins for fun to torture them or driving them or driving into them with their cars with no justice or remorse and being defended by other white South Africans. It's, you know, it's, it's as if, actually it's not, it's as if, it's, it is that every right and every freedom fought for over the last 50 to 60 years by the marginalized is dissipating. Dissipating like Thanos clicked his fingers in Infinity War. Poof. Everything people have died for. Gone. You know. We uh we breathe this fuckery and then we are reminded by Nathaniel and gender-based violence in South Africa, which is during this COVID time has had women being raped and murdered and mutilated by their partners not by strangers not by other criminals but by their men and then left on the highways and ditches every other day you know we're just we're reminded by the Amy Coopers who tried to get Blackbird watchers killed reminded by George Floyd by Ahmad Aubrey and yo, uh, that broke my freaking heart. Ahmad, I accidentally clicked on the video and it makes me cry. I, you know, hmm. you know, we were reminded by Brianna. Brianna, I've had several cry sessions on this just to let out the frustration and the rage. I've had. Uh, I remember a couple weeks ago I had a, a really bad two-week low, you know, 
like I said, with everything else you have to deal with in life in general, with capitalism, with being a brown-skinned person, with being in a certain income bracket that doesn't necessarily give you access to other things, and then these slaughterings and murders across the world over and over again, you know, it... is Trayvon Martin all over again and I cannot even begin to imagine how their families are feeling and living with their murders without without the ones that they love taken and honestly not only were they taken and murdered they were just they're disparaged non-stop in the media the white media for their blackness continually while in the same period white supremacist cops keep murdering daily and are happily doing so and are, and are given access to do so. White supremacists are pointing guns at unarmed, peacefully walking protesters, and white supremacists are running over marching protesters with cars and killing them. Or white supremacists are running into crowds with assault rifles and ki- that they purchased at just a regular Walmart or Kmart and are killing black and brown people. And Trump the dump is saluting them, thanking them, encouraging them. Let me be clear when I say, and you can disagree with me till the cows come home, I stand by what the fuck I'm saying. There are no good cops. If there's one bad cop, and not one of you so-called good cops do anything about it, there are no good cops. If there's one bad cop that is able to thrive among all you good cops, there are no good cops. So I say it again. There are no good cops. There are no police. There are no good policemen. There are no good white supremacists. There are no good racists. There are no good Trump supporters. These supporters and cops are white supremacist racists who are setting the world on fire and dousing with, the, dousing it with the blood of everyone non-white. And they're calling it whatever law or policy to justify it as a guise rooted in systemic oppression and racism I I really love all the new evidence coming out in support of her case and I pray that all of the truth will come out and that we we hold racism accountable to the highest degree we hold murder accountable to the highest degree especially racially profiled murder um, and create such a wave of change the world over that racists all over the globe crawl under a rock in the ocean and drown to death on their own spit I will not stop saying her name until I can sleep knowing that though she didn't deserve to die, she didn't deserve to be murdered, that her death could have been avoided and should have been avoided and would have if she was white. Until those who murdered her are dead or behind the bars and the system that upholds the highest form of inhumanity is dismantled and reprogrammed to value human alike without the condemnation of blackness and otherness. The fact that she was murdered in a racist-ass, black-hating, hot-ass fuck, Georgia, where they still lynch people from trees and then call it suicide, but it's not lost on me. On March 13th of this year, Breonna Taylor, 26 years of age, was murdered. Murdered by police on a falsified illegal no-knock warrant. 
at 12.40 a.m. in her Louisville, Kentucky apartment. The murdering officers from the Louisville Metro Police Department dressed in plain clothes and who didn't identify themselves murdered her. Murderer Jonathan Mattingly, murderer Brett Hankinson, and murderer Miles Cosgrove collectively fired 32 bullets. Who the fuck needs to fire 32 bullets? Fired 32 bullets and murdered Brianna in her bed as she was sleeping with six of those bullets. After murdering her with their illegal and fake warrant, they didn't even search the house. The so-called thing the warrant was for. Murderer Brett Hankinson has been chosen to take the fall for the three officers, the murderers, and was charged with shooting a wall, not for murdering her, for murder, for shooting a wall. Honestly, I have posted non-stop on my social media, every platform I can. I have spoken about it a number of times on uh, different platforms with friends and colleagues face to face I have have this discussion with my family I have signed all of the petitions and attended online silent protests she was she was 26 years old man you see her tweets talked about how positive she was for the future and the things that she wanted and she was making affirmations of what she wanted Just a quick question. 
Today's quick question comes from a tweet by Mary, who is Threat Level Mary, who posted the meme of Mean Girls Rachel with the caption, It's my money. If I want to send my children to private school to get them a better education, that's my choice. So then you agree. You think that heads <laughs> of private schools give people born into money a significant and lasting advantage that only increases the wealth gap by restricting the social mobility of lower class. Drops bomb like... <laughs> so I think this is a discussion that I, you know, quite a few people have been having over the years. Um, both at home or among their friends and then a lot of it is on the news and things like that most recently it's been a discussion from the UK as it uh, pertains to Eton but if you think about it it really is the access right it, it gives the access to things in life that for example maybe from a different class or a different income bracket or even the opportunities that they have access to would definitely create an even wider gap because a lot of these are private schools are extremely expensive or have an elitist type of mentality where for example there's a lot of nepotism and so there's already a wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots who have the access to the private schools and those who don't and then those private schools are institutions that provide further access and further networking and a more powerful spectrum and so these new generations coming into this already false gap just is another way for it to completely increase so much more or at a at a faster rate than it than it did initially before and social mobility has quite literally stalled it's stopped and the inequalities between schools you know they play a very important part in this and we need to be looking at ourselves to try and be a society that is a lot more progressive and that actually wants to implement policies and be a society or a community that is able to even the playing field so to speak or even even the gap there was an article by the guardian that was discussing this and uh, i think the title was uh, the guardian's view on private schools motives of unfairness and they stated in the article that in the uk the private schools educate about 6% of the UK school population. That's about 625,000 children in 2,600 schools. And these type of schools, these private schools, cannot necessarily be com- um, immediately or easily compared with states. Ah, can I find words? With state schools, because the means of measuring are not as straightforward because a lot of these private schools have their own inspectors and also have their own criteria to select their own intakes as well as a an entire criteria to keep those they don't want out which also is another aspect that limits social mobility besides the wealth um, but perhaps targeting demographics that they do not want to come up and be within their wealth bracket and then when you look at the access for example that private schools are able to afford a lot of their students it's uh if you look at oxbridge places 42 percent of oxford places go to private pupils so then you do have these uh, institutions that are considered top-notch or one of the elite and they specifically allocate a percentage of intakes that are entirely dedicated to 
private schools, which already eliminates perhaps the possibility of somebody with from a different demographic or outside of that um, that wealth sector, who perhaps maybe would be a better candidate or would benefit more, but because they're holding that for the private schools, that definitely takes a spot away from someone who could potentially require a wealth gap help. And then you look at the positions that these private schools, which then turns into um, the universities that they're able to have access to, which then obviously is the jobs that they have access to, as well as the companies that they get to have those jobs in, which are a lot of the time minister positions within politics, about uh, 29%, uh, leading journalists across a whole range of high elite, we would say, white media outlets, is 51%. So when it comes to judges, it's up to 74%. And when it comes to Olympics, a third. So in the case of the UK specifically, it's absolutely socially immobile. There is... It's, physic- it's almost physically impossible to be able to move within that wall gap. So then we're basically saying to people that don't even bother because in, in more than most of the comparable countries, a person's life chances a person's life chances are determined by the status of their parents. And so, for example, if I looked at me and the status of my parents, that would be absolutely nothing. I wouldn't be able to go to private schools. I wouldn't, uh, based on the affordability alone, and uh, which then would limit my access to be able to go to the universities, for example, that do have this to- type of notoriety to be able to have access and build social group connections with people that are, as a result of their private schools and their notoriety universities, able to have both access and influence and actually changing the society and the policies and the laws that we have based on, for example, if these people become businessmen or so forth. And then when you look specifically at the school in particular, these private schools are funded a lot of the time also by some of the parents or some of um, wealthy grants and things like that where they're able to have smaller class sizes, more lavish facilities when it comes to sports or buildings as well as lavish facilities on exam results but the thing that I was really talking about before that might have sound a bit muscled was within these private schools at a young age or from a young age you're able to have the ability to be able to to create as well as maintain a source of powerful social networks that you're able to then grow and continue from your private school into your universities into the workforce because of the connectability socially within that and the notoriety that the private school or the elite universities are able to give you access to so if we were to sum it up we could say that private schools are and I'll quote the Guardian on this they're basically inequality generating machines and you can read more about it in the engines of privilege book by uh, historian david kennett that's k 
E-K-Y-N-A-S-T-O-N, and economist Francis Green. The book is called Engines of Privilege. And you might say that, no, that's not necessarily true, that people still have access to that, but honestly, when you look at the numbers, and honestly, I think in, in some countries it's, it, it would be a lot higher than this, but for example, a lot of my research was done on uh, UK because so, I'm not even going to get into South Africa, but when you're accounting for even the other factors that could be driving this difference, uh, factors such as um, a university that somebody attended, the grades that they got in school, or the grades that they got in university, a course that they were doing, maybe the qualification that they chose to, to do it at, at school or that they, they, that they graduated and got uh, their age, their race, their gender, it still works out that people who went to private school are still 8% more likely to access or likely to have access to a high status job after leaving university in comparison to those who are not. There's a lot of articles that talk about what can be done to sort of try and cushion the blow between them or maybe reduce the difference between them, such as um, the, the gap in grades and different research projects that can be implemented to be able to help, for example, public schools or even um, mentoring as well. But honestly, I think as a society, as a community, we need to be, we need to be, we need to start having the conversation of the capitalism that has overtaken our society and why we think it's okay to have that many elites in comparison to so-called lower class and why we feel that one person is entitled to have everything and a bucket of gold while you're okay to live in a world where we have homeless people who sleep on the streets on account of a mental illness or fucked up government policies that essentially don't give a shit about their people i think i think the bigger conversation that we need to have is to go all the way down to the root cause and the foundation and have a conversation about how can we even consider ourselves to be a progressive society when there's so much inequality with regard to wealth as well as income um, disparity and just look at ourselves and be willing to have an honest conversation without making it about I'm not I don't want to give up my money because that honestly doesn't even factor it into what we're talking about What's a meme got to do with it? <laughs> so literally, I will post this on my Instagram as well as my Twitter. It's just a, a white post that said, this post is to remind you about your cup of coffee. It's sitting somewhere getting cold. <laughs> Bruh, the fucking accuracy. <laughs> Except, while well, at the moment, I'm trying to wean myself completely off caffeine and coffee unsuccessfully at times, where at the moment, it's usually my hot chocolate somewhere i can't find it in the office until it's officially cold chocolate ah one can dream as i work on getting these future projects off the ground cheers to one day having my dream job where i can drink my coffee or hopefully my hot chocolate while it's hot without any rush and i hope you can too remember your coffee somewhere go find it before it gets cold <laughs> Oh,
shout, shout, shout it out. Okay. October 13th, basically yesterday, was fuck Christopher Columbus Day and happy Indigenous People Day. Hip, 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 hooray, happy Indigenous Day. Fuck Christopher Columbus. Give them back the land and change the fucking day where it happened not so long ago. And denounce racist ideologies, guys, as history rewritten performatively for white fragility. Call it what it is. White Americans and Christopher Columbus genocided the original inhabitants and rightful owners of America. Once again, fuck Christopher Columbus. Oh, wow. Fuck Christopher Columbus. All the middle fingers. And happy Indigenous People Day. Hope you have a great day. Or hope you had a great day. Right, October 10, three days before that one, was Mental Health Day. World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October, which was Saturday for Shelby Mac. Um, honestly, guys, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment between racism, murder, COVID, bullshit, capitalism, healthcare. So much shit going on in the world. And then our own everyday stuff. Maybe your, your, your boss is an asshole. Maybe your friend's a bitch. <sighs> Maybe your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your non-binary is an asshole. Maybe you want to start over your career. Maybe you're studying and it's overwhelming you. Maybe whatever that maybe is. It definitely has such an incredible impact to affect your mental health. So I hope that you're taking time for you. I hope that you are prioritizing your mental health and taking those personal days when you need to because fuck capitalism and you are more important than the nervous breakdown that whatever that is can give you. So take care of yourself, affirmations, exercise, nature, sounds of the ocean, talking to friends, poetry, listening to music. Whatever helps you to clear your mind and just keep your mental all the way together. And break down whenever you need to. Crying in the shower is <laughs> was literally invented for that. <laughs> so whenever you need to, but just remember to be kind to yourself. Try to change those negative thoughts and that negative thinking and the negative self-talk into something more positive. And talk to yourself the way you would your best friend. Say to yourself, I love you. You're not perfect, you were never meant to be, but you're smart and you're kind and you're funny and you're beautiful from the inside all the way to the out. Happy World Mental Health Day. Check on your friends who have mental illnesses, check on your friends who are going through a lot, check on your friends, check on yourself and make sure that you, you, you make that a priority. Word of the day. Dun, dun, dun. It's actually a quote by the TV character Murder Frey back when Craze was still worth watching. For me. Huge disclaimer. For me. <laughs> Remove the fangs, okay? I made it to 13 or 14 seasons or something like that. I don't know. Then, <laughs> then a bitch was motherfucking tired, okay? <laughs> and I also needed something lighter and less always the same thing. 
here. Back to the point. The quote entitled Designed. I leave you with these wise words. Designed. So do it. Designed. Is this the life you want to live? Is this the person you want to love? Is this the best you can be? Can you be stronger? Kinder? More compassionate? Design. Breathe in. Breathe out. Wrap, wrap, wrapping it up, and per usual, I'm your host, Kai's Opinions, pressing people off every single day. Feel free to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and slide in the DM. That's Twitter and Instagram, Kai Has Opinions, K-Y-H-A-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-S, all small letters. Today's episode nine, Breonna Taylor, there are no words. Private schools and its wealthy elite starving everyone else of social mobility and cold fucking coffee. Word of the day reminds you where the power of your choice resides with you. Thank you so much for listening. I 100,000% appreciate you taking the time. Talk to you soon. This is the K-Bomb Podcast. Double Boom. Boom.